This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, June 28th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Downey. Food and agriculture groups have been working overtime to get the Senate to pass the GMO labeling agreement yet this week. If not, the vote won't come until after the long July 4 weekend, leaving little time for the House to clear it before Congress breaks for the party conventions and its August recess. Senate Agriculture Chairman Pat Roberts said yesterday evening he has the necessary 60 votes to pass the bill, but he hadn't been assured of the timing for floor action. Roberts went to the Senate floor yesterday armed with cards that listed his key arguments for the bill on one side and gave samples of smartphone codes on the other. The bill would allow the use of the digital codes to disclose genetically engineered ingredients. Groups that support the bill were furiously trying to collect endorsements of as many as 700 to 800 organizations for a letter to senators in support of the bill. One of the most critical votes for the legislation is going to come from Missouri Democrat Claire McCaskill. She voted against an earlier version of the legislation in March, but she tells Agripol she will support the compromise. When speaking of the bill, McCaskill said, there will be ways that consumers can find out what's in their food. At the same time, it's important that we keep food costs down, which I think it accomplishes also. Brexit is bad for U.S. pork exports. It seems like nothing has gone unscathed by the U.K.'s historic vote to exit the European Union. U.S. pork exports won't be an exception. That according to a new report by Chris Hurt, professor for agriculture economics at Purdue University. The two biggest factors deciding the strength of pork exports this summer will be the strength of China's demand and the strength of the U.S. dollar, which is being pushed up by the economic turmoil surrounding the Brexit, according to her. The U.S. sells very little pork to the European Union, including Britain, but the Brexit has strengthened the U.S. dollar, making U.S. pork more expensive around the globe, Hurt wrote. This will tend to increase prices for U.S. origin pork and reduce U.S. exports from what they would have been. And that would be a boon for European pork exporters, he said. Together, the EU nations have been the largest pork exporter in the world for the past two years. The dollar has risen 3.5% on the euro since the U.K. vote that according to the report, and that has given the 19 countries of the EU-28 that use the euro an immediate price advantage over U.S. pork. Said another way, Brexit gives our biggest pork competitor a sizable and immediate price advantage. Price tag will be billions for cage-free migration. A lot of food companies and retailers think General Mills, Heinz, and Kraft are pledging to only use cage-free eggs in the future, but it won't be an easy or cheap task, according to Eleanor Starmer, administrator of the Agriculture Marketing Service. Right now, about 30 million of the over 300 million laying hens are raised under cage-free conditions that are more expensive than the normal cage system, Starmer said in a blog entry on Monday. But if producers live up to rising demand, the number of cage-free hens will need to jump from about 10% to about 50% by 2025. AMS expects it to cost about $40 per bird to shift to cage-free operations, and by 2025, the overall price tag for the overall transition will be $5.6 billion. Starmer wrote, U.S. agricultural producers are innovative and adaptive, but momentous changes like the proposed shift to cage-free will require all hands on deck and a good 
hard look at what such a shift would take. AMS will be there to help. U.S., Mexico, and Canada to talk trade in Ottawa. The Trans-Pacific Partnership will be on the schedule when U.S. President Barack Obama meets with his Mexican and Canadian counterparts this week in Ottawa for the annual North American Leader Summit, White House officials said on Monday. U.S., Mexico, and Canada are all TPP members, and they are expected to focus on the country's progress in ratifying the 12-nation trade deal, the official said at a conference call with reporters Monday. U.S. Trade Representative Michael Froman will be accompanying Obama on the trip that begins tomorrow. But it's not just about trade. Clean energy and the environment will also be major issues at the meetings. And tomorrow, the three countries plan to jointly release a comprehensive North American climate and clean energy partnership, according to Brian Deese, senior advisor to the president. Central to the partnership is an announcement that Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. will collectively set a goal to convert 50% of all power production in North America to clean energy, renewable fuel, nuclear power, carbon capture and storage by 2025. Dee said as of 2015, the three countries produced 37% of their power with clean energy. Hillscamp at a tight primary race. Representative Tim Hillscamp is all of a sudden at a tight primary race to represent the GOP and the 1st District of Kansas. He's taking criticism for blowing a 39-point lead over challenger OBGYN Roger Marshall, according to a Roll Call article. In April, Hillscamp was leading his challenger with 64% support to Marshall's 25%. But now, a new poll from Public Opinion Strategies shows Hillscamp with a 42% and Marshall with 41%, a virtual dead heat. Former Senator Bob Dole weighed in with some advice and a tweet to Hillscamp. I've been keeping an eye on the 1st District Congressional race in Kansas. I would suggest the current congressman focus on the issues rather than misleading attacks on his primary opponent. Regulation update needed for noxious weeds. Noxious weeds do about $25 billion worth of damage to agriculture production every year, and an update is needed to the federal regulations that attempt to minimize the harm from unwanted plants. That according to a new report by Lisa Schlesinger and Brian Andres with the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Economics at the University of Illinois. There are just 112 plant species on the USDA's federal noxious weed list, but there are actually about 5,000 species plaguing crops around the country, according to the report. One of those unlisted species is Palmer amaranth. This plant, which has evolved to be resistant to several herbicides, is doing serious damage to cotton and soybean farmers in the southeast and has now spread to Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. The authors wrote... Invasive weeds like palmer amaranth or other weeds escaping regulation at the federal or state level have the potential to devastate agriculture production and native ecosystems. Here's today's She Said It. There's lots of things not to like about it. That's the definition of compromise. It's ugly, but at least it provides a way forward so we're going to have one standard throughout the country. That's Senator Claire McCaskill, a Democrat of Missouri, on the GMO disclosure bill. Well, that is Daybreak for this Tuesday, June 28th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by Dairy Management Incorporated. 
For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.